Acts 1, 1 through 26. Devotional focus verse. But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Acts 1, 8. Recently I came across the testimony of Dwight L. Moody, one of the renowned preachers in United States history, who described how he was alerted to his need for the power of the Holy Spirit. Moody related, I remember two holy women who used to come to my meetings. When I began to preach, I could tell by the expression on their faces that they were praying for me. At the close of the Sunday evening service, they would say to me, We have been praying for you. I said, why don't you pray for the people? They answered, you need power. I need power, I said to myself. Why, I thought I had power. I had a large Sunday school and the largest congregation in Chicago. There were some conversions at the time. I was, in a sense, satisfied. But right along, these two godly women kept praying for me, and their earnest talk about being anointed for special service set me to thinking. I asked them to come and talk with me, and we got down on our knees. They poured out their hearts that I might receive the anointing from the Holy Spirit, and there came a great hunger into my soul. I did not know what it was. I began to pray as I never did before. I really felt that I did not want to live if I could not have this power for service. The hunger increased. I was praying all the time that God would fill me with His Holy Spirit. Well, one day in the city of New York, oh, what a day. I cannot describe it. I seldom refer to it. It is almost too sacred an experience to name. Paul had an experience of which he never spoke for 14 years. I can only say that God revealed Himself to me and I had such an experience of his love that I asked him to stay his hand. I went to preaching again. The sermons were not different. I did not present any new truths, and yet hundreds were converted. I would not now be placed back where I was before that blessed experience if you gave me all Glasgow. It would be as the small dust of the balance. If we are full of the Spirit, anointed, our words will reach the hearts of the people. We need the filling always, and if we are filled with the Spirit, there will be no room for Satan or self. If we are filled with the Spirit and full of power, one day's work is better than a year's without. Have you ever wished your efforts for God were more effective? Have you ever felt the need for more boldness or strength or ability to work for God? The Lord has promised the gift of the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire to give us the power we need. Like Dwight L. Moody, we want to recognize our need and seek diligently for the power of God until we receive it. We do not have to beg for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It is a gift. Jesus' promise was, Ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. See Acts 1.8. God wants to fill us with His Spirit so we will be able to accomplish His purpose. May God put a longing in our souls for the power of the Holy Spirit, not for selfish reasons, but to accomplish the work of God on this earth. May we pray, Lord, ignite a fire in my soul for the lost. 
many people are plunging toward a lost eternity, heedless of the danger they are in. They need help. As we consecrate our lives and pray with a desire to be our very best for God, the Holy Spirit will descend. Background Information The first chapter of the book of Acts begins with an introduction by Luke, the book's author. Verses 3 through 8 provide Jesus' final earthly commandment to his followers, a requirement to tarry in Jerusalem until they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus' ascension is documented in verses 9 through 11. Then verses 12 through 14 indicate that the disciples followed Jesus' instructions by returning to the upper room in Jerusalem immediately following his ascension. The chapter ends with an account of Matthias being chosen to replace Judas Iscariot as the twelfth disciple. Two important designations in this chapter are Apostle and Disciple. The term Apostle, as is used in verse 2, comes from the Greek word Apostolos and means a delegate, ambassador, commissioner, messenger, or one who is sent. This term typically is reserved for Jesus' twelve closest followers, eleven of whom are listed by name in verse 13. The term disciple, as used in verse 15, comes from the Greek word methetes, which translates into English as learner or student. Luke used this term in verse 15 to describe all those who were gathered in the upper room. Verse 8 is a key verse in the book of Acts, as it describes both the power given the church through the Holy Spirit and its mission to witness first in Jerusalem, then in Judea and Samaria, and then in all the earth. The verse also provides a summary outline to the contents of the book. The outreach in Jerusalem, chapters 1 to 7, the outreach in Judea and Samaria, chapters 8 through 12, and the outreach into the Gentile world, chapters 13 through 28. Being an eyewitness to the events surrounding the resurrection is emphasized in this chapter. In verses 2 and 3, Luke stated that Jesus showed himself alive to the apostles. Then in verse 22, Peter listed being an eyewitness to the resurrection of Christ as one of the qualifications for replacing Judas. Verses 18 and 19 are an explanation by Luke and are not part of Peter's discourse. In verse 20, citing prophecies in Psalm 69:25 and 109:8, Peter described the position vacated by Judas Iscariot and later filled by Matthias as that of a bishopric. This word comes from the Greek word episkopi, meaning overseer. This term was used to illustrate that one of the duties the apostles would perform would be to provide governance over the church as part of God's authority structure. Conclusion The disciples needed the infilling of the Holy Spirit in order to be effective witnesses for Christ throughout all the world. We have the same need today and the same provision is available.